Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. Today we will be breaking down the hip thrust, squat, and deadlift. Mm, we haven't done much on technique, so this will be a good one. It's obviously all movements that we both do in the gym. Yep. Um, have been practicing ourselves for a long time and coach other people on, so this yeah. will be a great episode. And it's movements that every single human does every day And movement is what? Medicine. I love that. We need oh. to put that on a stubby holder. I'm going to stubby holder <laughs> when you're drinking your BBs, is it? <laughs> What do you drink? We don't drink. When I've got my kombucha. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. We've just, um, yeah, there's all the stereotypes there. Um, fantastic. So we'll put that on a stubby holder and away we go. Um, so breaking down those lifts, we do them every day in every life, whether we realize it or not. You Debatable know. of a hip thrust, though. Do we do that in every... I don't know what you do, Benji. You know, Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, Luke. Sorry, Colleen. <laughs> Colleen's going to be like, oh, no. Um, but that's how you conceived, mate. So anyway, the thing is, um, there are more studies now coming out on lower back pain in the bedroom. Like, it's important. It's the Ooh, tell me. Well, yeah, they're finally just shedding light on that because it's actually important because what if yeah. you've got chronic pain and you can't be intimate with your partner, it's wow. a problem. But people don't actually really think of that. Because they're not so. posterior pelvic tilting properly. Well, I don't know. Whatever you want to do. Yeah, they're not doing it. Cause, <laughs> so. it's, it's interesting, though. And we spoke, you know, with Gabby, who was talking about sexual satisfaction as part of her PH. HD. It'd be interesting yep. to see if she's dabbling in some of that research as well. There you go. We'll combine all the word, worlds and um, happy times. Mm. So anyway, I didn't expect it to go down this path. Back on to the hip thrust. So yeah, yeah, well, um, so yeah, we just really wanted to simplify today's episode because both Sherelle and I are very passionate about training, obviously, and movement patternings, and we've learnt a lot. But we got to start with the foundations, just with anything. So that's what we've going to implement today. So keeping it nice and basic with just some key takeaway points, common errors, and yeah, some accessory movements of these big lifts. Yeah, and I guess um, way back when, when we did the lessons learned mistakes made, mm. we sort of spoke quite a bit about some of our tra- personal training mistakes and, you know, not understanding the basics of human movement and what these movement patterns look like, what they shouldn't look like, was definitely something that we both probably did. Yeah, for sure. And and we're always sort of learning new things. I know every week a new light bulb goes off. Yeah. Like, oh, or a new okay. way of doing or something yep. something changes, something else comes out or you experiment with a new way and it just completely changes things. Um, yep. For me, like having um, back pain issues in the past, like the hip thrust was really a game changer for me, really mm. rehabilitating in the way that I moved and that um, flow on effect into my other lifts as well. Yeah, and I definitely, when I first started, went through a period of, getting lower back pain when I was doing the hip thrust and then all of a sudden Mm. I stripped it back, took the barbell away, worked on those foundations, got the glutes actually activating, Mm. then reintroduced the barbell. Not only was I pain free, but it completely changed my body composition. It's like when you feel your hamstrings for the first time, you're like, whoa, mm. this is what it's supposed to feel like. Yep. That's it's like when you, you contract your glutes under a heavy load with a hip thrust. You're yeah. like, wow, like the glutes are so powerful in this movement. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll touch on that now. You know, we'll talk about the hip thrust. Where do you normally start um, with a beginner client? 
For sure, so just starting on the ground. So you've got the hip thrust, which is on a bench, but then a hip extension or bridge on the ground. So lying flat on your back. All right, cool, let's see how your hips move. And this movement's actually really good for um, BJJ, so Brazilian Mm. Jiu-Jitsu, because they're under that load doing that movement too. So a lot of sports actually do require this movement. So start them on the ground and have a look, all right, can we actually get that hip extension from the glutes or is it coming from the back? Yeah, and a good prompt that you can do is put your hands behind your back and yep. you know push your lower back into your hands. That'll naturally scoop your pelvis underneath, which is something referred to as posterior pelvic tilt, mm-hmm. which you might hear thrown around is like posterior pelvic tilt. And it's easier for us being like anterior pelvic tilt. So what is that? Yeah, so as Sherelle mentioned, if you imagine that you're placing the fingertips under your lower back and you squash down your hands or also bringing your ribs down, Mm. that naturally tilts the pelvis um, and then it allows your core to be more secure. So then when you finally do raise up, you're not over extending or overarching through the lower back, you're actually utilizing your core and glutes. Mm. So if you did one rep where your ribs were down, you won't be able to go as high as the rep when your ribs aren't down because when they're not down, your, your lower back will overcompensate. Mm, mm. So it's not about how high you can go. It's about can I get that full contraction but actually feel my glutes and core working as I come up. Yeah, and as you come up, when you are going into that scooped pelvis and really engaging the glutes, you probably will find you won't, it will feel harder. Yeah. Uh, and that's because your lower back's really strong at the moment and that's what's driving you up. But when you activate your glutes and you scoop them under, and it's a bit of like a resistance. You're like, oh, the first time. Um, oh, yeah. It's a weird feeling when you finally learn how to activate your glutes. We're both it's sitting hard. here like touching We actually are. <laughs> we're touching each other's and it's all fun and games. <laughs> But like Danny said, so starting on the ground with the glute bridge is a great way to transition into, you know, qualifying for the hip thrust, having your shoulders elevated on a bench. Yep. Um, I definitely skipped that step when I first started. Oh, I went straight to the barbell. Yeah, I was like barbell (laughs) or nothing. Um, You know, severe anterior pelvic tilt and just thrusting with my ribs is probably what I was doing at the start. But look, you live and you learn and we're sitting here to tell you you should not be foolish like us. Mm, That's right. (laughs) So if, um, so let's just say we're back on the ground. Cool. You've learned how to pop your ribs down or have that posterior pelvic tilt, as Sherelle said. Great. Now, before we press up, we really want to get our knees out. So that's taking the glutes into that external mm. rotation abduction. So bringing the knees out. But if that's a bit of a struggle, you can pop a band around your knees. Mm. Now, if the band is above your knees and closer to your hips, it makes it a bit easier. If it's below your knees, it makes it a bit harder. See, I find it the opposite for me. I don't like having it below my knees. Mm, I don't know. Biomechanics always says, I suppose, if the load's further away, but whatever works, (laughs) that's totally fine. We're always here to, you know, yin and yang, as we say every episode, and that's fine. But generally, from a biomechanical point of view, that's the rule of thumb. But at the end of the day, it's what works for you. So knees out hard against that band, and then you lift up. So if you're struggling to feel your glutes when you've done the first two steps correctly, what's next? Foot placement, right? Mm, Yeah. So 
you may feel um, it activate more of your quads or mm -hmm. your hamstrings and struggle to actually feel it into your glutes. And it's generally because your feet are either too far or not close enough to um, your, your body. Yeah, so if they're too close, as Sherelle was saying, you're going to get more quads. If they're too far away, you're going to get more hamstrings. It's finding that sweet spot for you. So again, as we always say, you've got to be present when you're doing the movement. Mm. What can I actually feel? Yeah. So find what works for you. And I always do a few reps and like find it. You know, mm. like it takes a couple of reps to sort of get into it. And as you know, you become more advanced in your training, you get better at doing that. Yep. Um, but yeah, there's no like, there's no right or wrong way to do it. It's not like it has to be here. You don't have to be sold on a certain position as well. Yep. Like I'm fixed in this, I can't move. You know, mm. if you do a couple of reps and you're sort of feeling it uh, more in your quads or you're not able to sort of scoop your pelvis under, you know, it's okay to reposition. For sure. Setup is everything for the hip thrust. Yeah. You know, the bench, the bar placement, like everything is so important to be lined up yeah um, that's why i really love like the glute drives and the machines because they're just so easy to sort of jump in obviously for a lot of things yeah. but when you've got a bar and you're trying to manipulate the benches it can yeah. be quite tough and that's what i oh, find yeah. with the height of the benches for people who are like five four and under it can be hard to find a bench that is the appropriate height for yeah. shoulder height yeah, that's mm. why sometimes people, I suppose, go into a Smith machine where you don't get as much range, but it can be a little bit more I comfortable love a to Smith set machine. up. Yeah. Um, less room for error, I find you can really go down, bring your ribs down with it, but it's just, you know, for who and what for, what works best for you. Yeah, the main thing on the hip thrust is that you're getting that top range hip extension anyway. That's yes. really important and bringing the knees out. So you hit the glutes in all three of the actions that they're meant to do mm. so abduction external rotation and extension and another thing i find is um you know it's not about so much getting so much range on the on the hip thrust you know like if you're going all the way down like i find that when you get to a certain point if you take the bar so far down you can naturally tilt if yeah, you go you lose too that far tension. down yeah so it's you know just because you've got access to the range of motion doesn't sort of necessarily mean you have to use it in certain lifts mm. like danny said you know it's about that top contraction when you're putting the glutes under the most amount of load that you yeah. get the most bang for your buck you know under that stretch position like they would be in a squat so yeah you know, it's just about understanding your biomechanics and what works best for you and that's why i love the machines and the smith machines for hip thrusts as well because mm -hmm. you can control that range really easily yeah but if you do have a, a um, bench and a bar set up that's mm. easily accessible it's not going to take you five hours to set up great mm. we'll use it so now going from the ground we have our we go to the bench so have the edge of the bench sort of mid shoulder blade mm. height just for i don't know example for everyone else and we want our lats on so really bringing the shoulder blades down and back and squashing them into the bench because our lats do connect all the way down to our glutes. So it just adds that extra element of strength. Mm, yeah, so, so those muscles that are on your back, like your wings, oh, they yep. um, go from the top all the way down to the bottom, touch the top of your glutes. So using that, those allow you to really um, reinforce a brace as well and yeah. stabilize, which is again, really important for the hip thrust. Yep, and then we add the barbell across the creases of our hips and, and away we go. And Bob's so. your uncle, we've got Bob's some epic right. glutes. That's it, yeah. And you can do both banded, you can play around with paws, and, and all that kind of thing. But the moral is 
finding your sweet spot because everyone's different and really learning these out. Yeah. Super important. And the setup that works for you, the way yeah. of doing it. You know, there's no right or wrong. We look at the movement pattern. Mm. If you like that on a Smith machine, if you like it with a barbell, if you like it in a bridge, yep. you know, whatever works. Yeah. And just protect your lower back. So I know there are a lot of videos, um, even Brett Contreras sort of says, where you can sort of arch through the lower back and then coming back up. But that's when it's not loaded, it's safe. When we have a heavy barbell on our back, try and yeah avoid the overarching of the lower back because mm. we want to get our glutes actually going, not just our lower back yeah. muscles. Bring your rib cage with your pelvis. Sort yep. of keep it all together and nice and tight. Think about where you're moving from. It's the hips. Think about what's coming forward and back. Yeah, um, great. So yeah, good one. We'll move on to accessories. accessories. Yeah. So what's an accessory? So just other little exercises that uh, help strengthen you in the movements that make up these big movements. They so complement it. Complement, yeah. So, for example, kickbacks, um, adductions, so an abduction. So when we're sitting down, for example, on a chair, bringing the knees out or side-lying, just really replicating those movements that are all pieced together in the big ones. Mm, so it's about adding more volume as well. You know, you might do some really heavy um, hip extensions or barbell hip thrusts and then being able to jump on a 45 degree back extension mm. and get some more volume in for that movement to really um, fatigue the muscle and um, help break it down and then build more up. Yeah. So like Danny said, those ones there. So 45 degree back extension is a favorite of mine um, as well as sort of um, a B stance hip thrust, which is a really good one for strengthening all those muscles around the pelvis yeah and that's where we focus on one side at a time and mm. you can work on imbalances so these accessories can be done before you do your big compound lift as sort of activation work but you wouldn't go really heavy and hard because you don't want to fatigue yourself so mm. at the end if they're an accessory cool go a little bit harder if you're doing them at the start higher reps just get a feel for the movement mm. it works well and with the 45 degree back extension as well you know, they're traditionally done a bit of a different way when they're glute targeted. Yeah. So, you know, a back extension, that machine, a lot of people, you know, use it to train their lower back where yeah. your leg literally, you know, extend up and, and... Keep your back flat and straight. Yeah. And that. that's yep. what you see a lot of the time. A lot of girls um, jumping on the back extension with the intention of training glutes, but really training their lower back. So, mm. you know, I do encourage you to jump on. Everyone would probably know who Brett Contreras is, but see the way that he shows um, a 45 degree back extension because you do maintain a really arched back, yeah, crunching rounded. your core and like thrusting your hips through. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to not. Like it, yeah. Yeah, so we're filming this one. I'm an interesting <laughs> visual, so we're gonna get it. <laughs> so yeah, um, the range is is a lot less than what it yeah. would be. So that's another thing as well. Just because you've got access to range of motion doesn't mean that you should use it. It's about using it appropriately for the type of movement and the muscles that you're trying to target. Really good point because you often see people lying on their side doing abduction or leg lifts, oh. but their legs all the way. Yeah. <laughs> Our arms are just flying up in the air like we're at a rave. Yeah. That's how high they go. Yeah. And but then you look closely and the muscle and their spine's moving. So yeah. the muscles of their trunk are helping to lift the glute. And yeah, that's not ideal. So the, the movement of the glutes are actually very minute, like yeah. they're tiny. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And that's why, you, you know, including things like quarter reps and pulses and stuff are effective because you're really fatiguing the muscle in the most contracted position and you're not taking it outside and stretching it outside in a range that you don't have strength in.
Yeah, because the body's super smart at like helping. Each muscle wants to help the other one, right? Mm. If if the glutes are a little bit weak, the lower back's gonna be like, I've got this. Mate, let I've me jump in. We good? Yeah, we good. that's right. But glute, <laughs> it's their time to shine, and sometimes they don't want the help. Yep. Yeah. And when you start failing in exercises, you feel that. You yeah. know, like those last few reps, you grind through them, you're like, Yeah, I felt my back kick in then. Yeah. It's, you know, it's just a little bit of a warning sign. You know, when you're doing a shoulder press, you might feel yourself arch or you feel other recruiting muscles and that's Mm. just the way the body works yeah for sure ready to move on to squats sure let's do it so there are a lot of different types of squats um so you've got your high bar low bar front squat it really just depends on where the weight is so where the bar is or the weight that you're holding now we're just going to today talk in a general sense of the squatting movement pattern without overcomplicating things so how would we start someone off who's never squatted before? Just teaching them really how to sit back onto a chair and actually go through the squat mechanics yep. themselves. So, you know, we want that hip extension and the knees tracking forward at the same time, just as if you were sitting down on the toilet. Yeah. But then you sort of ask the person as well. It's like, all right, how do you actually get up and down from the couch? And then they'll kind of stick their arm out and yeah. they twist <laughs> and then they make that groaning sound. <laughs> Like, yeah, cool, we won't do that anymore. So it's really about shedding light on when we actually use these movements Mm. in everyday life. Big one for me is at the gym. Oh, my Lord. How many people do you see bend down to pick up a plate? Oh, yeah. A 20-kilo plate from the bottom rack and just throw it up. I always squat down. You have to. Bring the plate as close to my center of gravity as I can and then squat up. No one does it. Yeah. You know what the classic is? Someone's about to do, like, for example, kettlebell deadlifts. And as they're moving the kettlebell in place, they're rounding their back in a shit-form deadlift. Dragging it. To then set themselves up to do a good deadlift. It's like you need to do that all the time. Because whenever anyone injures themselves it's never when they're pulling 100 kilos rarely it's when they're picking up the paper clip yeah they're like, picking up the 2.5 kilo washer to put yeah. on the side and they they throw a rotator cuff or something because they're they're not bracing and they're not ready for the exercise so because yeah. the body can't tell um if you're about to pick up a freaking huge boulder or know. literally a feather mm. like so you just got to prepare yourself or at work like picking up the boxes or whatever mm. it may be so these are just movement patterns and it's really important important to be conscious about not what you're just doing for the hour in the gym but what you're doing for the 23 hours outside yes and that is one of the biggest things in rehab take home end the podcast that's done (laughs) we can call it walk out yeah that's right so um yeah with the squattish row i was saying teaching the movement patterns as well I always like to get them getting used to that feeling of your glutes working on the mm. knees out cue. So you sit down straight facing forward, you pop a band around your knees above or below, whatever, and then press out against that band. So really strengthening the knees out is really important to start with. Because mm. if you can't nail that, we haven't earned the right to squat. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And another thing I really like is um, box squats. So yeah. having somewhere a focus point to sit back onto yep. um, whether that's um, loaded or unloaded. Like obviously we want to start unloaded, yep. um, but it's a really good teaching tool to be able to actually hold on to weight as well and feel that tension, like mm. hold the brace as you're sitting. Cause what a lot of people do is they'll do a box squat. They'll sit back on the box and they'll let it go. Yeah. But you can't do that when you got a bar on your back. You just can't, no. and it, but it teaches them to hold that, um, that contraction and yep. that, that resistance at the bottom of a squat. So that's what I really like box 
squats for. Yeah, like a touch and go where you just yep. tap and then yep. go back up. Yeah, because you can't let that relax or go into too much butt wink or whatever it may be when mm. you are doing a traditional low bar squat. So, yep. yeah, I really like um, that one as well as Perfect. elevating the heels. Yeah, definitely. So for those with a little bit of a lack of ankle mobility or really tight calves, um, elevating the heel seems to work well. You can get a little bit deeper and it feels a bit more comfortable as mm. we're starting out. Mm, yeah. yeah, and that's something recently that I've been doing a lot of, um, realizing how crappy my ankle mobility is and elevating my heels and going into more of a goblet squat. Um, so holding the weight at your front. Yeah, holding yep. it at the, at the front so that my knees naturally follow that weight and track forward. You know, for me, I've always done sort of low bar, pushing hips back, pushing hips back, which is not wrong. Um, but I had done very little knees forward. Yeah. So I'd always bias that one movement. We should never bias one movement. That's right. Um, so it's about like exploring different types of squats. It's There's so many, right? There's yeah. so many different types. Whereas, of course, I'm the opposite. I always oh. used to. <laughs> Salt and pepper, it you know, works yeah. well. Um, yeah, so I always used to do a sort of quad dominant squat, whereas now I prefer bringing the hips back, so the opposite mm. to Sherelle. Mm. So I don't want to bias that movement and leave out my hips and glutes because mm. I was always using my quads. So um, just to keep it simple, if the weight is behind you and a little bit lower and you're bringing your hips back, you're going to get more glutes and a little bit of lower back sometimes. Mm. If the weight is in front of you or sitting high up on you, you're going to get more quad and it's a more upright or forward movement. Mm. They're both right mm. if you're doing them well. And you may get more or the other, but you're still, you know, it would be naive to be like a front squat only targets your quads as well. Like you're still going to get glutes. Correct. It's just about where that weight sits as well. And what works best for you? Like everyone's yeah. got different femur lengths and bone structures. Yeah. For me, I hate a front squat. It just doesn't mm. feel right. One, I can't support the bar properly. And like Danny mm. was saying before, we're going to like choke ourselves with the bar. Yeah. Um, which is why I always biased such a low bar back squat. Whereas yeah. now I'm moving into more like high bar work. Yeah. Like um, Smith machine lunges. I've been using those, like fixing yeah. me in that position. Um, and I've been getting a lot out of them. And it's just because I haven't spent much time doing them. Yeah, great. The one thing I will say, I wouldn't really recommend uh, squatting on a Smith machine. Nah, neither. Lunges, nah. I like. Lunges, yes. Not a squat. Not a squat. <laughs> Did you hear that? I would. Nah. The reason being, so we need these stabilizing muscles as well, and it's such a fixed. So the Smith machine where the, the bar is fixed against, um, like it can literally only go up and down. Yeah, it can't move forward or yeah. back. You don't need to stabilize. Yeah, it's very dangerous. Um, or I wouldn't say very dangerous, but you're really cutting yourself short if you're going to squat under them. As your primary, you wouldn't use it as your primary squat. No, nah, a lot of people start on that because they feel like it's safer, but it's actually setting you up for poor movement patterns and mm. muscle recruitment. So stick to your squats or hip thrusts under the Smith machine. Great, but um, I mean, yeah, I was like, lunges, lunges yeah. you're nodding, but then your eyes were like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> How's that for support? <laughs> I got you. Lunges and hip thrusts, but not um, squats. So, yeah, that leads us into accessories. So, lunges, Bulgarian split squats, dumbbell squ splits. I can't you are tongue tied. Um, <laughs> Take over, Sherelle. Yeah, so like Danny said, um, 
You know, we've got our rear leg elevated um, split squats. We've got our lunges. We've got our Bulgarians. Um, I love a B-stance leg press as well. I'm in a laughing mood. I'm so sorry. I don't know what I'm I think I'm drunk. <laughs> you were talking about VBs earlier. You gave my secret away. What were you saying? B-stance. B-stance leg press. Yeah, yeah. Accessory. Um, <laughs> as I'm leg pressing the air. Our actions in this episode oh my has God. been brilliant. What about oh. some cues? Yeah, let's talk about cues. So very similar to the hip thrust, we want to tuck our pelvis in a lot in all exercises, right? Don't let the core have a holiday because that is the most fundamental part of all mm. lifts. Even if you're doing bicep curls. Even if you do a shoulder press. I don't care what you're doing. Breathe in through your nose, contract, and then insert every other cue for that exercise. Yeah, so it's a, it's a hard thing to do to kind of teach someone a brace, but it's it's not that hard of a movement. It's really about what cue resonates with someone. So what were you talking about earlier? Which one sits with you? Um, I tell people, imagine like someone's about to punch you straight in the stomach. Yeah. And what do you so do? You get like the, literally, you get do the it. Baseball just baseball bat out. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You get the boxing gloves Probably on. not the most professional, but it's definitely something that's like, oh, yeah. That's happened to me before. Like, everyone's been like, oh, I've, someone's almost sort of hit me in the stomach and you sort of... Oh, really? Well, I'm not like... Not not where did you grow up? Yeah, you have to like, If yourself. you've ever had someone whack, whack you and you're like... Ugh. Yeah, that's my whole of high school. That's all we did. <laughs> Hit each other behind the chest. Or belly button into spine, I guess, is a bit tamer. So, like, pulling your belly button in. Because what <laughs> you're doing... your voice, fine. Belly button into yeah, spine. Come on, it's been punched in the guts. <laughs> Punch in the guts, mate. Yeah, so you would really... <clears throat> tense. You have to make that noise. No. <laughs> or... The feeling when you're doing a front plank, holding everything really tight, yeah. you know, get familiar with that as well. Yeah. The other thing as well that you can practice is um, something I know both Danny and I big on is diaphragmic breathing, mm. learning, because when we're bracing, we're contracting our diaphragm, like our diaphragm as well. We're using that to pull in. So if you've never um, breathed into your diaphragm mm. and being able to control that, it's, it's a weird sensation when people first start doing it because breathing, as you did, just <laughs> breathing is unconscious. We don't think about it. Yeah. We just breathe. Um, Until you do think about yeah, it. Yeah, no. I'm thinking about it. I can't breathe. But just spending five minutes putting your hand on your, on your tummy, breathing yeah. into your tummy, holding it, breathing out. Um, you know, um, scuba divers and um, singers and people mm. that play instruments, they do all these practices as well. Yeah. And there's no reason why we shouldn't as athletes. No, but I suppose as a young woman, as a young woman, as a young, yeah, woman and bikini competitor, we were always taught belly to spine, belly to spine. And I never wanted to walk around, you know, all frumpy with my gut hanging yeah, out. Yeah, chest so up. I'd always stick your boobs like, out. Yeah. And then, so now it's like, what? I need to make my belly look really yeah. round and fat. It goes against the opposite of what I sort yep, of did. It does. And then with a stressful life, you know, we're always breathing into our chest. So it can actually be quite unnatural to breathe into the diaphragm, but it's the best way to relax yourself as well. Mm, yeah, diaphragmic breathing helps yeah. you really tap into that autonomic nervous system and that that um, rest and digest um, sensation. And obviously yeah. bleed in and cross over into your lifts as well because yeah. obviously it's a sympathetic um, state that we're in, but you need to be able to bring yourself back and being able to take a few big diaphragmic breaths is just a really easy way to do it. And I just do it unconsciously now when I'm um, stressed. Like I'll, okay. I'll be like... Yep. Let's all spend a minute here. <laughs> Breathe in through the nose. And out through the mouth. I'm just listening to Headspace and Wells and too much. I know. 
Um, yeah, so tuck the pelvis and then bracing. So what that bracing does is protect the spine. It allows you to create more force within your core mm. and that whole area. And when I say core, I don't just mean the one ab muscle at the front. There's like so many core muscles, 12 to 15, depending on what you want to include. Mm. Um, so it really keeps a nice pressure through there. Yeah, and if you want to, you know, work up to putting a barbell on your back, you know, you need to have a strong torso to hold it. There. Oh, yeah. You can't just like fold over. If we had no <sighs> core strength, we'd just snap in half. We'd be little noodles walking around. <laughs> Spaghetti. Spaghetti. That's right. Moving on. <laughs> Rain it in, Daddy. Come on. Um, what are we doing with our feet? Oh, feet. That's a good one. That's where squats. your bloody start, really ground up. Ground up. Tripod foot stance. What so does that even mean? Having even pressure throughout your feet on your big toe, your little toe, and your heel. Let's just check out my foot. Great. Cheryl can actually move her pinky toe away from the rest of the toe. Yeah, look That's at it. a good skill. If all else fails, there's a plan B. I've made it. Oh. Uh, yeah, so making sure that you're distributing weight evenly throughout your feet is really important. And you can see this if you ever film yourself. Have a look at your toes. Like, what are they doing? Yeah, are they, they coming around? And mm. That's why I really love like the heel elevated as well <laughs> stop checking out my feet <laughs> yep um definitely and you, the, our big toe is really important for balance so you actually find that people who don't have a big toe can't mm. walk and balance yeah like you wouldn't expect it but it plays such a crucial Can't role away, right roll what do they roll in <laughs> I don't know. I'll find out for you. Um, but another one that we were chatting about earlier was um, something called torque. So, you know, we like to use the cue of screwing your feet into the ground or screwing yep. your feet into your shoes, um, externally rotating to create that torque. Yeah. And it's hard to explain, but you should seriously stand up right now and do it. So, like, stand up yep. and try and screw Especially your if you're driving. Don't, don't do it if you're driving. <laughs> but put your hand on your glutes and do it. Why, why are our hands on our glutes? Oh, yes. You feel them turn on. Yeah. And I do this in my posing. Like if I stand in front of the mirror, you want side glute from the front? This is how you get it. Yeah. Screw your foot into your ground. On stage, I'm screwing my foot into my heel. Oh, yeah. Get that side glute popping. Yeah. Um, it'll make the world of difference. Yeah. So to put a visual on it, imagine you're trying to wipe something off your heel. So you've got your toes and you're bringing your heel towards the midline and your toes come out. However, we don't actually move our feet. We're just creating that screwing force into that ground like what Sherelle was saying. And then your knee will slightly come out and yeah. you will be able to feel your glutes coming on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and pull the ground apart. So as if you're standing on a newspaper and you're trying to rip it in half with your feet. This is the most physical we've been in a podcast. I know, yet. we need to get the IGTVs <laughs> happening on this one. Like, this is, your hands are still on your bum. Oh, I can't stop. <laughs> Um, what are we up to? Yeah, so, and that leads us into the knees out. Again, if you're finding that a bit hard, pop a band around the, the knees. The knees should never buckle in. And, you know, mm. with, with the bands as well, it's it's not about making it harder. It's just about reinforcing of where that sensation should be. So yeah. we should be naturally pushing it out. You know, as you get along, advanced, you may not need, like, you definitely won't need a band. But if you're a beginner, it can be a great way of being like, well, what does externally rotating and, and knees out feel like mm. what does that feel like having a band there or someone um i've had someone when i was learning um push against my knees like oh yeah a band, like just holding my knees not like you know thrusting yeah. them in, but it just allows you to feel where to push yeah but some of the big power lifters who lift 
hundreds of kilos down at um, Pro Roll still have a band on. Mm. Yeah, it's insane because it does make it harder. Yeah. Yeah. So if obviously they probably can't be bothered loading up 400 kilos. So they're just like, right, I'll chuck a band on take off <laughs> a few kilos. But yeah, they're just the best. Bands are awesome. Um, cool. So yeah, and then just holding that breath the whole time as you lower it down, mm. keep it um, held. And then exhale when you're at the top. We don't want to be altering our breathing mid-movement. Mm. Keep it tense the whole time. Yeah, exactly. Create that tension. Use your breath to rein in the core and keep it tight. And yep. I know like we're both big on um, you know, core work and stuff like that. Something I'll do when I was um, going through some back issues is like have planks between my sets, like superset it with a plank mm-hmm. um, and then rest just to, like Danny said, reinforce that bracing pattern. Yeah, as long as we're not annihilate so it's activate not annihilate yeah so just a little you want bit. to stimulate the muscle not annihilate, annihilate yeah, it's all right <laughs> <laughs> we went there oh, all right um and then common problems all right i remember in my pt course many moons ago nearly a decade ago when i was learning to do a squat chest up bum back cool yeah. and that's carried on to everyone it seems to be the the cue that everyone's using it's dangerous because if we have our chest up and our bum back, our abs and core is not on. Our mm. ribs are flaring, our lower back, the forces are uneven. We're going to have no force coming through the front and all the force coming at the back. It's really important, as we've been saying, to keep those ribs down and tucking the pelvis before you bring the hips back. Yeah. So instead of chest up, hips back, think pelvis um, rib cage stacked over pelvis. Yep. Yes, it's not going to look super sexy, but that's not what we're trying to do. You want to look sexy outside of the gym. You look right? sexy when you bloody get the gains. Oh, you look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say something inappropriate, but I won't say that. Say it. No, no, no. We're not going oh, there. We're not going there. Oh, Sherelle, come on. Don't be boring. <laughs> we'll save that for the up late episode. You're the up live. <laughs> um, yeah, so chest up, bum back can go in the bin. That's done. So we want to really be bracing and stacking the pelvis, as Sherelle said. Another common problem is people think, oh, it's a lower body exercise. My upper body can go on a holiday. No. No. Get tight under that bar or when you're holding that kettlebell, you know, that's what's holding us up. So we've got to recruit every single muscle, even from our yep. big toe and pinky toe, what we said earlier. Really keep your lats, shoulder blades down into your back pocket keeping those lats on and keeping everything really tight. I don't care if you're on a lying leg curl, use your lats. Yeah. Like whatever you're doing, you use these stabilizing muscles. It's so important. And, and once you realize that, like it, it just makes the movement so much smoother. Yep. You're probably trying to recruit those muscles without you even realizing. Of course. Otherwise, again, we'll turn into spaghetti humans yeah. and just fall down or noodles, as we said. And it's more calorie efficient as well. People want to trained to lose weight and stuff cool use all your muscles mm. yeah exactly compound lifts they burn the most um calories or the most energy in the gym rather mm. than isolated ones yeah sweet um accessories did we already say that no yeah we have yeah, sweet we squats have. and all that we already said yeah we said that as well as a hack squat and a pendulum and yeah. a leg press yeah <laughs> so more machine work <laughs> yeah Definitely machine work that replicates the movement patterns as well. Um, Mm. And we still want to brace the core on all of those. A lot of people come with lower back pain on a leg press. That's because they're just coming all the way down and their knees are pretty much hitting themselves in the face and their back's rounding. Yes. Keep the same patterns. Yes. Again, more range. If you don't have the strength in that end range, don't go there. Yep. Yep. Or lighten the weight. Take Mm. the plates off. Mm. 
Great. All right, on to a hip hinge movement. So we're going to talk about the Romanian deadlifts and the deadlifts off the ground. So conventional sumo and all of that. Mm. Um, but again, we'll keep it simple. So we'll talk about the hip hinge, which is basically being able to bend from the hips without completely folding your upper body and rounding. Yeah. And, you know, the hip hinge movement, it's probably one of the most um, movements that's performed incorrectly in the gym, yeah. you know, 100% because we're not taught to sort of bend over hip hinge, pick things up. Like we're really deconditioned from that movement pattern and it's yeah. a really foreign thing to start learning again. And the Romanian deadlift really highlights that. For sure. And again, in everyday life, if we, if a mum goes to pick up her child, ideally that's a, like, that's a deadlift. Yeah. But people pick them up from the side, rounded backs and, and all of that. So the reason why we do movements with what we call poor posture is because it saves energy Mm. and humans, we're always going to have that survival instinct within our physiology. So if, if a movement is going to save us energy, we're going to do it. But it can be dangerous on our posture because as evolution has continued, we've changed movement patterns. We're sitting down more and all of that. Mm. So it's really important to recognize, yes, lifting something up with a good posture will take more energy, but it's more important. Mm. Yeah, 100%. Mm. So the, the Romanian deadlift. So something that we can start with is a kneeling hip hinge. Yes. So you can't really stuff this one up. So essentially you start on the ground upright with your hips extended and then you bring your bum back. So you're sitting on your your legs really. Yeah. So we're just taking out essentially from your knee down. Yeah. They're flat on the ground. You're going to come up, bring your hips forward and then sit back down. Yeah. And don't undermine these exercises because if you're not hinging properly, you will feel a bit of resistance in these and you'll be Yeah, like, these are hard. Yeah, these are hard. You can even add bands to them like yeah. so that you're pushing your hips away or against the band to add that more resistance. But you really need to ingrain these movement patterns without load before you apply load. Yeah, and even hold a weight in front of you. Yeah. And then maybe come down and not touch your bum on your heels. Like yeah. keep the tension on. They're yeah. good fun. Yeah, and again with like deadlifting um, or like this pulling from the ground movement, there's so many different variations. Like we've got mm. the Romanian deadlift, we've got a conventional, we've got sumo, we've got a straight leg, we've got Jefferson. Mate, we've got everything. Everything. So multiple different ways that you can do it. There's no right or wrong in terms of which one you choose. Mm. Um, there's just many ways to skin a dead cat. No! I haven't said that in a while. Yeah, I didn't dead. That's not a, that's a new <laughs> one. Now it's just getting more brutal. I hope Many it's ways dead. to skin a cat. Yeah, well. Oh, you went there. You just made that more morbid. Sorry. No, nah, nah, you had to go there. I it had wouldn't to. be an episode of this if you didn't have one of your quirky bloody catchphrases. It's true. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't take them fishing, though. All right. Um, yeah, so putting all cats aside because we love animals. Um, yeah, really important uh, to recognize that no matter which type of deadlift we're doing, it's got the same fundamental patterns. So mm. hip hinging while protecting your spine, engaging your glutes and core. Mm. So to get into the technique, essentially the same thing. Tuck your pelvis, tuck your damn pelvis. This ain't to the gram anymore. Mm. You know, it's not hump day where you need a video of you from the back. Your glutes look amazing. No, that, every, days time are I done. See, every time I see a video of someone put up like an RDL and they're just like, War doses through the back, pushing the hips so back. So overarching the lower back. Sorry, yeah. yeah. Chest up. And I just think, God, that must hurt. And you yeah. know exactly why they're doing it. 
yeah. just to make their ass look bigger. Yeah, and it, it does. It doesn't. It makes it look bigger in the video. It's not going to make it grow. No, correct. And maybe a lot of people don't actually realize this cue because it's not taught. Because mm. again, everyone's taught chest up, bum back, chest up, bum back, yeah, all nah. the time. Um, and then throw in Instagram validation, and we've got a recipe for disaster. <laughs> Quals. Quals. That's right. But what you've got to think is, you know, with any sort of deadlift, it always starts from the ground. So having your feet in the proper position, yep. um, straight over the bar or underneath the bar, sorry. Big breath in through your nose as well. Chest down, um, ribs down, yep. braced core push your hips back. Like that's another thing. People sort of just bend over and pick it up. Like you mm. need to take your setup just as seriously as the movement. Oh, that is the important part. That will determine oh. the movement. And don't rush. Yeah, take your time. Every rep is its own. You know, Correct. none of this bouncing through bullshit. No, do just not let the bar bounce on the ground. Save because that the for fo- the accessory work and your leg press and whatever. Like, not even like... Cause no, the, but I mean the momentum. Like if yeah. you need to get through reps and volume, the barbell is not the place. Yeah, exactly. Because if you're, you know, doing your lift, I know there are a lot of sports and um, things that, you know, that do allow bouncing. Yeah, but... And that's fine. Nice. But we're here to talk about what we talk about. And so, yeah, as Sherelle said, treat each rep like it's its own because that shock that comes back up from mm. the ground, smacking on the ground, back into our tissues and that instability, it's just a recipe for disaster. Yeah, yeah we're trying yeah. to activate and stimulate muscle growth yeah. and skill acquisition. And injury prevention. Yeah. Yeah, so let's just start with an RDL. So essentially the weight is coming from the top down. Mm. And Sherelle mentioned earlier to me that she likes to start her clients on this, which Mm. is great because I'm the same actually. We need to earn that right to get the barbell and we earn it with proper technique and not being in pain. So Mm. tucking the pelvis, as Sherelle said, brace, ribs down, hips come back. With the feet, again, only slightly screw them into the ground. Still have that, though, because we want our glutes engaged in all hip hinge um, movements. Mm. Yeah, and then really redirecting a lot of your cognition to your hips and what they're doing as yeah. well. Um, something that I get and I do myself is I stop sort of um, either just below my knee or mid-shin for yep. a Romanian. I add a pause there in that weakened position and then I sort of come forward and think of it almost like a thrust forward, sort of yes. bringing your hips through. So something common um, that you'll see is people over thrusting or not finishing through yeah that's like because they're lifting from the chest yeah not the hips yeah, yeah. where you really want to come through and almost tuck under a little bit um and then extend back as well yeah great so just imagine when you're about to stand up imagine i had a rope around your hips and i'm pulling you yeah. forward and that's what's allowing you to come up yeah. not lifting from the chest yeah and i always say like instead of going down lower on the leg think about pushing your hips up higher mm. so push your hips back and up to the ceiling so that you can really stretch that hamstring yeah um, and pause at that mid shin add, a, add yeah. a one two second pause it will burn yeah it's because it's not about how low you go no. you can, it's all about keeping tension on the muscles yeah and that's one thing like that i've really changed in the last 12 months is this like range of motion we want to have access to it but you don't need um just because you can have more range doesn't mean you need or should go there yeah that's right love it and then also have your eyes forward like mm. a lot of people i know i was taught to have sort of your head sort of halfway down the ground or the wall but keep your eyes up because you're less likely to round your lower back with your head up whereas our body goes where our eyes 
go. So if we're looking down, you're going to more often than not round your back. But again, everyone's different. But as a general rule, keep your head sort of forward or, or a bit up, I reckon. Mm. And another thing with your deadlifts as well that I really like is bending the bar. Because yes. again, we talk about the lats and they're so, so, so important for deadlifts mm. and stabilizing the body in everything. Um, but specifically for the deadlift as well. And you can see it for when you get lean, if you, when you bend the bar, oh, you yeah. can see where that lat attaches and it's no surprise. Yeah, yeah. So that's really, it's as if you're trying to snap that bar in half yeah. and that'll really help you screw down your lats and, and bring them on. Mm. Um, good. So then, <clears throat> excuse me, when we're deadlifting from the floor up, so the weight's obviously on the ground, we want to come really close to that bar, probably about a centimeter away-ish. Again, everyone's different. But a main cue is to have your hands directly under your shoulders because if they're further out or closer in, it depends if we're doing snap grip, snap grip, snap, <laughs> snatch grip or not. The load will be way different. But though. yeah, as a general rule, you kind of have it under your yeah under your shoulders just to shorten the the range and make it a bit more energy efficient. Um, and then get your lats on, as Cheryl was saying, bend the bar, bracing knees out, and then instead. Your cue here, leg press the floor away. That's so right. a lot of people, instead of thinking about it as a pull, you think about it as a push. Yes. So that takes away that wanting to yank the bar up, which is another big thing that people do is they just yank it. Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 take your time at the bottom, sink your hips back slightly, leg press the floor away. Take your time. Yeah. There's no need to yank. Yeah, sit your hips back slightly. I like that because a lot of people yeah. lean over the yeah. bar. But then what ends up happening, you have to sort of drag the bar around your kneecaps yeah. or you slice your kneecaps. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to sit back into yeah. it a bit. If you've got to think like if you're holding onto that bar, you bend the bar, you sink back. If you let go, you'd probably fall over. Yes. That's what you want to be doing is sinking back so that when you push or leg press the floor away, your hips don't shoot up. Yeah. We want them to just stay fixed and hip extension happen. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Great. But again, it's real technical. So we, we sort of, there's a lot to play with before you hit the barbell and that's totally fine. Yeah. So, and you can see why we're talking about all these things. It's so easy for um, one thing to be off or one thing to be a bit weaker or not working properly that mm. one of these things fall out and everything sort of just doesn't run as smoothly. That's right. We can't really have a weak link when we're doing compounds. No. no. And that's why, you know, we always, um, you know, keep a bit in reserve. You know, you yep. don't need to go to failure doing deadlifts, you know, no. Just, just skill acquisition first. Yep. So on accessories, that's when you can safely yep. sort of go to failure, really. That's what I was trying to say before. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Um, so again, sort of that 45 or 90 degree back extension where you're holding your back up. Because if you can't really hold your back up for 30 seconds, then there's no way you'll be able to deadlift. Yep. And that's fine. you just got something to work on now. Yep. Yeah. Risk to benefit ratio, you know, when you're in a leg press, you've got external stabilizing um, things that you can use. You can go to failure on those sorts of things yep. uh, if you're at that level. Whereas, you know, if you've got a barbell on your back, you're not going to go to failure because no. technique's going to fail before the muscle does. Yeah, yeah. And there's no point. Mm. Um but yeah, there's always so much to play with. But take your accessory work seriously as well because people always think it's just, oh, I'm going to get results when I use a big barbell. Well, no, like no, that's just, yeah. you know, to gain your strength. But, yeah. you know, Sherelle was saying she's going to do her prep now, not even using the squats or deadlifts, yep. which is awesome. Yep. Um, and there's so many ways that we get results. It's mm -hmm. just about maximizing our individual scenario and life at the time and 
and yeah, using yeah. that. And we always break things down into movement patterns anyways. Yep. Like, you know, there's many ways of doing squats and deadlifts that you don't need a barbell for. Yes. So, you know, it's really important to understand that like, and we spoke um, last week about having a 20 kilo barbell. Like that's a lot of weight. You might not be at that for doing a Romanian. No. Like that could be a lot. You know, you might just need smaller dumbbells or a kettlebell to start with or nothing or a band. Yep. So um, that's why it's important to work with someone who can help, you know, guide you through that and progress you to wherever you want to be um, for what for. Yeah, exactly right. Because once you reach the barbells, you know, now our overload is taking the barbell away for me and doing one and one quarter reps on other things. Yeah. It's not like, right, I've reached the barbell, I'm a professional. Mm. Well, no, no, it depends what you want to do. People get married to exercises. Yeah. They get so biased and they think, oh, I have to back squat. Yeah. I have to do this. No, you don't. No, you, don't. you actually don't. And that's, that's letting your emotion come into the equation. And if you want to be like good at what you do, whether it's coaching yourself or other people, you need to not bias certain exercises. We look at movement patterns. Yeah, and it's cool that we can talk about that now because i know social media went through and and me too just posting all those big heavy lifts as we've always yeah. said but if you're able to really stimulate and recruit all your muscle fibers it doesn't matter whether it's with a barbell or if it's a single leg exercise like mm. that's the un, there's always the underlying fundamentals that we need to apply to get us results not how many plates can I put on the end of a bar? Yeah, I love that it's it's shifted to that. I yeah. love that because, you know, I, I think for a lot of people now, we're sort of unteaching a lot of I know. what it's done. And, um, you know, I myself feel, you know, a little bit to blame as well. Like we sort of always push that strength and it's important mm. to show everything else. Yeah, well, you don't know what you don't know. And we've always been open to say that we are learning. Mm. Um, and it's kind of fun looking back at all the things we used to do and say, yeah, I'll do it better now this time. Yeah. And take you guys along for the ride 100 percent. cool i think that'll do because um yeah we touch lower body some of the main lifts mm. to come further in episodes we'll touch on upper body and then maybe a little bit more advanced stuff but we just wanted to reiterate the fact that exercise is just movement patterns mm -hmm. really and we mustn't bias one pattern that we do often and leave out another pattern so really take into account where you are in your life the patterns that you do in your day to day and then in the gym work on working on the other patterns yeah 100 um you know don't rush your own progress like yeah. be okay with that journey whatever it looks like uh, as well as like really want to highlight the importance of diaphragmic breathing breathing in general posterior pelvic tilt which is stacking your rib cage yeah. um, and all ribs those down. ribs down knees out knees, knees out, out. All those things that aren't chest up, bum back. Um, yeah. Just eradicate that from the from the dictionary. Yeah. But we, yeah, just those important cues, and it's not just important for lower body, but for everything that you do, whether you're standing there. You know, yeah. you want to have a neutral spine, and you want to be able to move well um, 24 hours of the day. So I hope you girls have learned something. Um, and, guys, and guys, and guys, <laughs> guys and girls, uh, in this episode, uh, if you have, please do take a screenshot of your story and put it up on Instagram. Tag myself, tag Danielle, and tag the Level Up Podcast.